week on the Koshcast. Captain Pogs in the captain's log, Sissoko plays but Spurs still please Poch, Kante's goal and Jorginho's slot, Liverpool rampant, West Ham lost the plot. Speaking of which, Czech's passing's dross, Sterling hits 50 and Richarlison's a boss, Barca beats Sevilla as Dembele has a pop, while classic and new features will round this pod off. No, you pot off. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Koshcast on underthekoshblog.com and at under underscore the Kosh on Twitter. My name is Alex. Roche is here. I am. Rochelison. Roche. Rochelison. Yeah. Do you really want to be Rochelison? He's got a couple uh, of his bag to break. It's better than some names you've come up in the past, you know. Okay, Rodney. Who are you? Rodney. Uh, I am Bernaldum. Bernaldum. Yes. Jorginho Bernaldum. Yes. Or yes. Bernie to, to those of us who know you. Yes, Or Bernjang Un. No, 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 no. That is an inside joke that will remain inside forever. Well, well now it needs a bit of explanation, which is that Roche uh, tends to change our names on the group chat. And because you can't see your own name on the group chat, we don't realize for months. Yes, and apparently I am I'm a tyrant. <laughs> so, Bern Jong-un is uh, appropriate. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I think it's entirely applicable. Yeah, it was good. Actually, you came up with your own name. Well, yeah, that's because I serve rockets all over the place <laughs> yeah. on the group chat. So. There we go. Wow. All right. Uh, what's my name right now? I think it's Albert Soros. Albert Soros. Hope I'm not extinct. <laughs> and yours is what? Uh, I could be Rodney, actually. You might be Rodney. Yeah, so that's you set your own name. That's, I think that's <laughs> autocorrect. And Roche <laughs> decided to own it so that autocorrect wouldn't mess up his name yeah. anymore. But I think it's modded when he's angry, he types really fast. And so sometimes my name comes out as Rousseau. True. Or Rodney. Or anything, really. Yeah. Yeah. Anything beginning with R. Uh, risotto. That's the <laughs> next one. Uh, how are we? It's first weekend of the Premier League. We've spent most of the weekend watching football, which is lovely. Uh, how are we feeling? Uh, mixed bag of emotions. Uh, you know, it's, it's nice to have football back and match of the day is back. Alan Shearer is a bit boring. Um, the football's okay, though. All right. Not so bad. Bernie, first weekend? Um, it, delightful, and um, the the I was in Calgary this weekend, and the time zone actually helped me for once. Oh, because yeah. all the matches were before the wedding activities I had to go to were like way before. It right. was great, so I got to watch <laughs> most of the games and not feel guilty about showing up to the church late or anything like that. Perfect, ah, perfect, nice. Um, it would be funny if the Red Devils made you show up to church late, but we'll. Yeah, I might combust after yeah. watching United <laughs> game and, or watching it in church. Let's start there, though. It was the first game of the weekend. Manchester United 2, Leicester 1. It was at 3 p.m. on Friday, at least for me um, and Roche, because uh-huh. we weren't in Calgary. Um, Pogba was good. He was captain, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Captain mm-hmm. Pog? Uh, yeah, he was good. Uh, the game started just as I thought it would. You know, after all this drama and this, this, this tired energy around Old Trafford, this dark energy, I knew they would come out of the blocks hot. Not dark matter? Very, very good. But but they got that penalty inside what two minutes and yeah. they scored. But it was a good penalty. I, I have to say the the first the, the first obviously it's just two minutes. First two minutes the passing was crisp. It was quick. They looked like they were they were intending to to play expansive football. Even after the penalty, five, five minutes after, and then they realized 
wait a minute, we're a Jose Mourinho team. Yes. We're one nil up. What are we doing? Let's roll <laughs> this back a little bit. Come on. And then it turned into an episode of Leicester Lona versus United at Old Trafford. Yeah. Wow. But but let's 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 talk about the goal. So the penalty, Amarty's an idiot. I think we we all get that. Um, but Pogba's run up for that penalty was interesting. Zaza esque. Oh yes. He had to score that. If he didn't score that, he was the world's biggest bell end for the next three months. <laughs> <laughs> well, especially with Mourinho on his case, that, yes. that wouldn't have ended well. And hit, hit, Alexis and Pogba got into a little bit of a dis- heated discussion over who would take the penalty. I mean, Alexis still doesn't speak English, so I don't know what. <laughs> No, but Pogba speaks Spanish, doesn't he? Yeah. It's um, fascinating. It's the first penalty of the season and they're doing this. It must be scripted. Well, I think the problem becomes that, or comes from the fact that Pogba isn't actually like club captain, right? He was captain for the day and thus he got to make the decision on the day. Something like that, yeah. right? I, I think it's also these are two players that uh, have some, some you know, they want to redeem themselves. Mm. And, I, and I don't think in Pogba's case it's anything, he's redeemed himself because of anything he did wrong. It's just the media and everything against him and he wants to prove himself. Whereas Alexis Sanchez has just been straight trash. Uh-huh. So he wants to get his season up and running. So I think that's where that conflict came from. But end of the day, right decision out for me because Sanchez has been trash. So I don't want him anywhere near anything. Yeah. And uh, it's a good penalty in the end. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, let me talk about the midfield that United started with, mm-hmm. just for a second. Pogba, Fred, or Fredgy, mm-hmm. and uh, Andres Pereira, who you both like, right? He's good. I love him. Pereira's good. He's been good in the preseason. Obviously, a bit thin with uh, lack of signings this summer. Um, you know, so the midfield... I mean, we played 4-3-3, so I was pretty happy with that. It seemed attacking. Mm. But then, we could see after the first goal, they kind of took their foot out the gas, and the midfield was overrun, essentially. I, I like I like the midfield. I like Andres Pereira because he gives you a little bit of something that we haven't had in a long time. And that is a dynamic, forward-thinking passer of the ball. It's unfortunate that Jose Mourinho has even found, found a way to even curtail him and make him more defensive than he really is. But it's a lot better than a Scott McTominay who is sideways passing. This boy has tricks. He has flicks. Yeah. He wants to progress the ball. And Fred actually had it. He gave the ball away quite a bit. And then I realized that, then I saw the stats that said his possession, um, his pass completion rate was 92%. And I thought, what? But he huh. gave the ball away so much, I don't understand how that happened. But if those two gel, and they're both Brazilian, they're getting along, they're friends, and we keep Pogba, and Matic can either come off the bench or play certain games, then you have a really, really dynamic looking midfield. And I like yeah. the sound of that. Wait, you think, you think Matic is the one that's going to come off the bench? No, no, no. I just, I just think like, that it gives you certain options for different games as okay. opposed to just playing Matic all the time. Fair enough. Yeah, it's interesting you bring that up. All of a sudden, it would look like there's depth in that midfield. All of a sudden. All right? of a sudden, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah so I, that, that's the, the only real, real surprise on the, United, on the United front. Leicester started with a bunch of new signings. You've got um, Pereira... At well, right wing, even though he was signed ostensibly as a right back, mm-hmm. and then uh, Madison at number ten, mm-hmm. who they sent from Norwich for like twenty five million, and I thought he looked quite good. Um, I thought Leicester actually looked quite good once oh, United yeah. like ceded some space to them and yeah. they would started playing some football. Um, but it was quite a, uh, a progressive lineup from from Puel, who like usually Leicester a four four two Vardy up front and like knock it over the top. But this was like Iheanacho, Madison, Pereira, who was on the left. I can't remember, but it was quite. Progressive. Yeah, um, I agree with exactly what you said. Leicester were 
pretty predictable. And you know, I, before before this game, I did a lot of chirping. I said, you know, I need a second team to support in England because <laughs> I, I can't stand this United team right now. I can't stand Mourinho. Uh, and Leicester would have been my first choice. And they actually lived up to expectations. I think they were unlucky in this game not to get a result, given the way they played. I mean, De Gea had to make a great save from, I think it may have been Madison in the first half. Um, I know it wasn't Madison, I can't remember who it was, but great reaction save, um, prompting Mohamed to say he's the best shop in the world, best shot stopper in the world. Um, I just have to highlight those things because he'll deny them later. But <laughs> yes, he did of course. Say that. Um, but again, you're right. United seeded possession, but even in doing so, Baye and Lindelof looked very, very good oh, yeah. as a centre-back pairing. Which just goes to show that you can actually coach what you have. But by the way, before this game, Bayi and Lindelof had not started a, a competitive game together at Manchester United. Shocking. It had not happened. Even though they were the two centre-backs that Mourinho actually <coughs> bought and like wanted to bring to exactly. the club. Exactly. So going out and trying to sign the other centre-back um, in this game, Harry Maguire, made no sense to me when you haven't even tried the two guys together that you actually signed. Fair. It made no sense. But all in all, I thought uh, United, on the balance of things, it could have been a draw. But then again, United also had some good chances. Second half, mm-hmm. uh, Romelu Lukaku came on and he had a, he should have scored. Yeah, I, I, I don't care. Kasper Schmeichel did a great job, but he had to put that away. Yeah, Ooh, absolutely. Speaking of, sorry, speaking of Schmeichel, he nearly scored. Yes. Which would have been absolutely poetic given his from dad scored for United yeah. from, yeah. from yeah. a corner. I mean, that would have been beautiful. <laughs> but what was poetic was that Luke Shaw yes. scored... A fantastic, a fantastic, accidental goal. It was somewhat accidental. Yeah, yeah. mildly deliberate. <laughs> mildly. It, it was no, like. That's yes. No, go, go, go. Oh, you go first. I, I was going to say it was like a really shit version of that wonderful Bergkamp goal. The oh, one that he flicks it around, that is Bergkamp's rolling over in his future grave right now. <laughs> um, well, apparently Bergkamp said he didn't mean it. Yeah, it's one of those things that could go either way, but Luke Shaw will take it. It's, it's his first goal for the club, and I remember Mohanad actually was describing him as incredibly fat at least two or three times while the game was going on. He just looks like it. There's nothing he could, There's clearly nothing he can do to yeah. not look fat. Because like we've yeah. seen the pictures of him topless in preseason, and he isn't, but he still looks like it. He, yeah. he, he He's built a bit like Rooney, but I think even Rooney looked muscular compared to, <laughs> yeah. to Luke Shaw. Absolutely. But... He looked really industrious in this game. He was up and down and up and down. And I have to give him credit. He did play really, really well. And I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about how the boy's out of contract next year. And there are clubs that are looking around, but he doesn't want to go anywhere. He has stated that he wants to earn a new contract. And that could be really fun to see Luke Shaw just going all out, tackling everyone, putting every cross in just to earn a new contract when he could easily just walk. But it makes sense. Like, who was it? Someone else, a pundit, I think. I mean, maybe it was Skulls or Giggs or someone said, like, Luke Shaw just needs to play the long game. Because this is Mourinho's third year. Is he going to be here much longer? Probably not. Luke Shaw can outlast him. And then the next manager will probably be like, you're a good left back. Play every week. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's a point you make. I mean, he is a good left back. We saw it when he was with, uh, you know, under Van Hull. It's a shame he broke his leg from mm-hmm. that tackle because he was actually one of the best players until that point. But there, there are two other players who could play the long game. In fact, the whole squad, because we know Martial and Pogba are playing the long game right now. True. Um, okay, one more thing on Leicester. Um, their Mahrez replacement, Rashid Ghazal, mm-hmm. looks like Mahrez, plays like Mahrez. He, they just signed Mares again. It's very weird. 
I mean, if it's if it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> yeah. it, work, it worked once, it'll probably work again. Here's the thing for me, though. If Monaco let you sign someone for not very much money, you know their shit. Yes. Because Monaco don't mess around. Nope. Um, last thing. Manchester United are finally looking to appoint a director of football. Mm-hmm. How do we feel about this? I always thought we had a director of football. <laughs> I thought it was Alex Ferguson. <laughs> well, well, he was a director well, of football. To be fair, he was. A manager, because well, there's one thing Jose Mourinho said, and by the way, he's been, even after this game, he was saying a bunch of trash about Leicester have spent more money than Manchester United. So it was in we at, when the games got di- when the game got difficult, we managed the game, and he talked about how he had a vision of the club in his head in the summer. He didn't get that. You might as well, and he said you might as well call us head coaches, not managers. So what you're alluding to, which is a mix of the head coach and a sp- director of football, is a manager. That's what Strax Ferguson embodied because he, he actually crafted the academy, crafted the transfer strategy and how it was done, wages, he was involved in everything. Mourinho wants that. The only problem is Mourinho is shit at that because yeah. we've seen what his transfer windows have been. So absolutely, I agree with the notion that Manchester United now need a director of football, whereas before you didn't, now we do. Yeah. Uh, an article today, I think it was in the, in the Independent, um, stating that United are looking at Monchi, Monchi, and Juve's Fabio Paratici. I can't imagine either of those clubs letting those guys go. But they're, they're we'll too good for this current setup. That's for sure. We don't deserve these kinds of names. That's true. I, I, I think Mon, Monchi, uh, however you say his name, would come. Roma is not big enough for, for what he wants to achieve. And Juventus, I would never leave that for my Snyder right now. But I can't remember his name now, but the chief former chief scout at, uh, as of this season left United to go do the sporting director job at Zenit. Oh, so really? maybe you could have promoted Bring the guy within the club. Maybe, yeah. The only thing, I just want to respond to that Monchi comment, which is that the job that he did at Sevilla and and the job that he's doing now at Roma are very, very different to what the job would be at United. Like At those clubs, he has limited resources. Players have to go out before they come in. He's got to find diamonds in the rough and that kind of thing. Whereas at United... His, your, your job is just to sign the best players possible for the position. And, but you, you have to mix the diamonds in the rough because as long as Jose Mourinho is still your manager, you're not going to no. get certain players coming in. True. And speaking of not getting any players in, Newcastle 1, Tottenham 2, uh, St. James's Park. It's the same fixture at the beginning of last season. Um, it's almost like it's not random. It's been a few seasons now. It's not, the, it's not yeah. like... It was a couple of seasons ago, it was the same picture, yeah. Yeah. Um, so two largely unchanged teams. Newcastle made, I think, three signs in the summer, but none of them were in the starting eleven. Um, Spurs had Sissoko at centre midfield, such were their lack of options. Um, Vertonghen, early goal. And then Hozalu, early goal. Mm-hmm. Two players that very rarely score. And then Deli Alley, early goal. Yeah. And then after that, nothing not happened. much happened. Well, actually, Newcastle hit the post twice. I thought they were quite hard, uh, hard done by this result. Um, they played well enough to get at least a point from this game. It's, it's just I have so much love for Rafa Benitez now. Really? Yes. And we go through this, I think it's been five seasons yeah, every of the Clash Cats. You know, I, 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 you're right. But I'll tell you, honestly, how much more pain can this man go through? <laughs> Newcastle, yeah. do not help him out no. at all. Mike Ashley, I mean... Iron sure got mad because he bailed out some company which is going to save 17,000 jobs or whatever. That's fine. But just give Newcastle 20 million. That's all I ask. <laughs> 20 million. Give Rafa that. I promise you, you'll get into the top 10. That's well, all you need to give the man. What can he buy with 20 million? Yeah, that is a good point. Like, in, Rafa's amazing. I mean, he got <laughs> Rondon on lo- You can do loans. You can spend 15 <laughs> on one good player. That's it. 
That's actually a good idea. He can do this. Yeah. He's, he's done it with nothing for so long. You think 20 minutes more, he won't bite your arm off for that? No, yeah. I, I really point. enjoy bringing Salomon Rondon onto the pitch, though. It's like, it's basically an admission that your striker's not going to score a goal, but he might just ruffle some feathers. It's like, go on, just charge around a bit. That's yeah. exactly what he did. He hit the crossbar. <laughs> it's true. That's, that's a feather ruffled. <laughs> it's true. Spurs, I don't know if this shows that they are going to, like, they didn't need signings, or if it shows that. Maybe that the game against Newcastle is a, not really a good barometer. I'm a little bit nervous. I, I think Spurs are a good team. I really do. I, I'm not one of those people that thinks they're going to miss out on the top four. I think of the same top four as last season, by the way. But I just fear for the stability in the squad. I think Pochettino is not happy. And I think you have Aldevaro who wants to leave. He's still there. Danny Rose wants to leave. He's still there. Wanyama has a year left. Dembele, they're actively trying to flog. I don't know. I think there's there's an, there's something going on there. I don't think it's good. Yeah, it's, it's a weird situation. Like on the last day of the transfer window, Rose was linked to a loan move to Schalke, mm. and that that was bizarre. That's a step down. It's a step down, and yeah. but also like the the concern was that if he goes, like who who's your backup left back mm-hmm. at that point? Like Kyle Walker Peters, sure, but like he's not even left footed. So it, it's it's a weird situation. You're right. There are a number of players who are kind of. Half in and half out, and the, the reports were that the day after the transfer deadline day, like Pochettino set everyone down and was like, "Right, we start from the beginning. If we've had history, like clean slate, everyone's in this together," kind of thing. That may just be PR. I don't know, but yeah, it will be weird. I think ultimately, though, you're right. I don't think much is going to change for Spurs. Mm-hmm. Players aside, like the squad still has the same strengths and deficiencies as it did last season. The only thing is. Harry Kane looked dead towards the end of last season, looked dead over the summer, and looks dead now. So unless he gets some kind of break, I feel like they may get a few goals less from him. Mm. Yeah, I mean, and they also start the season generally kind of lukewarm, Mm. and they accelerate in the second half. But we've made this point in previous pods, in previous seasons, that Spurs are a thin squad. They're competing in Europe now. They're they're a big, quote-unquote, big club. And they will need reinforcements at some point. So maybe the strategy now is, you know, it's post-World Cup, not much of a window going on. We started the season early. Mm-hmm. Let's see how we do in, uh, until Christmas. Yeah. And then see if our squad needs reinforcements. The, the, the only problem with that notion, and, and I believe that's actually what they're trying to do, but from, from a Spurs standpoint is, Alderweireld has to leave in January, in my opinion. If you're, if you're Daniel Levy, you know that in, by June, 25 million. That's what he goes for. And Daniel Levy is a penny pinch if I've ever seen one. Now, he didn't leave for United this summer for whatever reason that may be, and I think that might actually be a good thing in some sense, even though I really like Alderweireld. But January is when you will max out the value you will get from him, and he's probably not going to start. He was on the bench for, for this game. Pochettino doesn't need him necessarily. I don't, I don't think he needs him like that. I don't even think he really wants him like that. Mm-hmm. And then you still have the other two. Dembele, who for some reason last season, there was a patch where people said he was better than Pogba. I know it was Twitter bans or whatever, but he played a lot of games. And then all of a sudden, he's on the fringes. I'm not sure I, I get why, but January, he can go for free. Wanyama can go for free. And then we're talking about depth in the middle that they don't have. That becomes a serious problem. Then. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, they they can sign a contract with other clubs yeah. in January, but they're still there until the end yeah. of the season. The Dembele but then their brains thing aren't is, there, right? Like, and that's that's the scary part. Potentially, the the Dembele thing is like he's injured as fuck. <laughs> like he gets through games just about. Like last season, that stretch that you were talking about was six or seven games in which he played really well, mm-hmm. and the rest of the season was hit or miss because he's injured all the time. So he's asking allegedly for like a hundred grand, and Spurs are like. 
I don't know if we want to give you that for another three years. He, he is old. Yeah. So you're right. It's interesting. There are a number of things to watch. The other thing is the stadium wasn't completed in time. So they're going to be yeah. at Wembley now until they probably November. It looks yeah. Like. This is a national 2.0. The stadium is tying down their finances and they can't buy players. Yeah, although the Emirates was ready on time, at least. At least that. Yeah. <laughs> at least I think Tottenham's day for that. Yes, seriously. Anyway, um, last, just a little stat, because uh, this is for Mohamed, because A, he doesn't like Deli Ali, and B, he does like, like stats. Okay. Deli Ali has scored in 33 different Premier League games and has never ended on the losing side. 127, drawn six. So Spurs' main strategy should just be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get him to score a goal. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Huddersfield nil, Chelsea three. Is Sarismo here? No. Go on. Um, I didn't think they were. I mean, even in winning this game, I didn't think they were that good. I didn't think they moved the ball around as quickly as a sorry team would want to move. They want to play. Um, and I think part of that is Morata has no idea what he's doing. <laughs> uh, he, when you Sarri's team had Dries Mertens as a striker. Mm. They had a very mobile, nimble forward who made runs, could pass the ball. Morata doesn't seem nimble anymore. It's like he aged 50 years in the space of one season. It's really, it's truly yeah. unbelievable. And I, I just think that's the, that's the source. Obviously, when Eden Hazard comes in, I think that it's going to be even better. And then maybe you can do a Hazard, Pedro, thing. thing. Maybe that's what they'll do. Yeah. I don't know. But I'm just not impressed with Morata's role here. But I am impressed by Jorginho, Kante, and who played it in this game? It was actually Barkley. Yeah, but it will be Kovacic, which is I think is going to be great. Yeah, no, uh, two points. First, I'll start with midfield, because they were actually... I mean, we didn't know it was an unknown variable what Sarri would do with midfield, but he played the three. And Jorginho, sitting back, allowed Kante to move up the field, mm. which kind of opened up some dynamics for Chelsea. Good goal Kante scored. Yeah. Didn't Surprising. Think, didn't think he could. He had that in him, to be yeah. honest. It was Actually, it was a bit of a scrappy goal, but he was in a good position. Yeah, true. true. Um, yeah, but with that being said, I think that they will have... I mean, they're Chelsea, they're going to pass the ball around, we all know it's happening, and there's... I mean, it's the second game in charge, so... They're going to improve from here. They got a 3-0 win, which is not bad. And Morata is in bad form right now, but I still think he's going to come good. Because okay. I think last season he had some personal issues. And this season, maybe he can put it behind him. Maybe. And if, if he doesn't, there is still Giroud, who is easy to forget about, but he's there. World Cup winning looking Giroud. Looking excellent. He has a World Cup. He does. Um, quick quick uh, fantasy Premier League story about this game. Hmm. Um, so I think it was Thomas Kirby on Twitter posted his fantasy Premier League team... Uh, towards the end of last week and just kind of asked for general advice or thoughts on the team that he'd selected which included Jorginho and Kante and uh, we may have told him that Jorginho and Kante are unlikely to get many fantasy points because they're defensive midfielders and they both scored in the first half hour of this game so that was embarrassing Um, sorry well Uh, done yeah and yeah I I think that was because of my central midfield pivot (laughs) Rookie mistake I made a few years ago. Um, but I have a question, lads. Shoot. Uh, Hosolu scored? Hosolu scored. Wow. So I didn't select my captain this week. <laughs> and Hosolu actually made it onto my team. But for... <laughs> so I picked my team, but I didn't pick who would start. So Hosolu is my captain. Thank God. Wow. <laughs> like, it all was selected. They didn't put Salah or anything. And then... Zaha's on my bench. <laughs> oh man, Hoslo is my captain. Hoslo is my captain. That's amazing. Man. That's that's amazing. Yeah, fantasy is great. Yeah. Um, but I, 
Can we talk about the penalty by Jorginho? Yeah, that was mm. dodgy. How? And apparently he does this all the time. That's it's it. almost like Balotelli. Balotelli's a really good penalty taker. I don't know, Jorginho did the little hop. But like it, it, only, it was only like a foot or two to the wide of the keeper. Like that, the keeper that, doesn't fall for it, you're done. That's a scary penalty. Like if that doesn't come off, yeah, you're you know, well. He's sorry, he's boy, so he won't be on the bench. But under a British manager, you'd be sacked in the morning. Yeah, oh, yeah. but morning. I mean, presumably, sorry, like sorry, brought him in, and then suddenly he's the penalty taker. So presumably that is a sorry decision. But like a sorry decision. But will he be sorry? Well, not this time, but he might yeah. in the future. That's yeah. for sure. I, I'm. I'm I'm wondering, why didn't he go after Dries Mertens with his 25 million release clause? He's got Eden Hazard. True. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, before we continue with the Premier League, let's take a break and, uh, well, which one should we do? Fraud or goat. Fraud or goat. Mm. That's greatness. That's a goat. That's a guy you respect. Fraud. <laughs> awesome. So, this week, our fraud or goat... Why always him, Mario Balotelli? Wonderfully contributed uh, from Callum Gordon, or by Callum Gordon. I think it's an excellent suggestion. Yes, I'm excited. <laughs> yes. Um, Alex. Yeah. What? Fraud or goat? Goat. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Absolute goat, mate. Are you serious? Yeah. Mario Goat Balotelli. Can you explain? Defend, goat defend, Goatatelli. What? Defend yourself. Right, but he's right. not goat. For, for, for the record, new listeners, we're not actually saying he's the greatest of all time. <laughs> we're just basically having some fun with Twitter bands where everyone's either the greatest or they're truly, truly god awful. Yep. So Alex is really saying that Balotelli is a good football player, and we just think he's well. I think he's overrated. We'll see what yeah. Moshe has to say. So Alex, defend yourself. Okay, my 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 impression of Mario Balotelli as a goat has as much to do with his personality and off-field antics as it does his footballing ability, which is, is, to be fair, average. I think this is against <laughs> the rules of football. <laughs> okay, but even, even though he's not actually that good, right? 28 goals uh, in 86 for Inter when he was like a teenager. So that started at 17 years old. It's yeah. not horrendous. Then he moves to the Premier League, wins the Premier League with Manchester City, gets the assist for the Aguero. Do, do not bring that Aguero assist into this. 30 goals in 80 games, and you might as well strike off one of those seasons because he pissed Mancini off so much that he didn't play a game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> then no. he goes to Serie A, right? 12 in 13, 18 in 41. 30 goals in 54 appearances for Milan. That is not bad at all. That's okay. you know. And okay. then back to the Premier League, Liverpool, Brendan Rodgers, forget about it. Okay. Right? Then he goes back to Serie A, uh-huh. does nothing. Uh-huh. Then he goes forget to Nice. Uh-huh. Right. Peak Balotelli now. 17 goals in 28 in his first season. 26 in 38 in his second season. He has 43 goals in 66 games for Nice. That is outstanding. Well done, Alex. Yeah. Well done. Thank but you. But not to mention, I am going in. Wait, I'm going, going in. The cracks. Wait, going also in. the only footballer ever to set off fireworks in a bathroom. No. Yes. Roche, do you want to do the honors or should I? We can both go in. Okay. You can go first. Though. Okay, let me go in first. So... Uh, Man City, he was a whopping success. Ooh, his last his last season, he had 14 appearances and scored one goal. In the league. One goal. Three and 20, I mate. Don't three, that's horrendous. 
Then, sure, he had a great time in Milan. By the way, Milan were shit then. And then he went to Liverpool and got in the league one goal in 16 appearances. Oh, we're really going to blame I'm, it on Balotelli? I am blaming it on Balotelli. Wow. Yeah, because Brendan Rodgers oversaw SAS. So, yes, I'm blaming Balotelli for that. <laughs> and then replaced it with Mario yeah. Balotelli. And then what happened when he came back to Milan? He scored, and in the league, one goal again. So, in the space of two years... <laughs> Balotelli scored two league goals in two years and then went to a farmer's league in Ligue 1. Oh, oh wow. come on. If we're, gonna, if we're gonna say that Neymar... If we're not gonna give Neymar credit for his goals because of Liga, then I'm not giving Bal- Bal- Balotelli shit. Yeah, but so, Neymar so is also a fraud for Bernie. Yeah, of course it's a fraud. <laughs> well, it's uh, definitely not okay. a <laughs> I, I, I gotta go in now and I'm glad you took the statistical approach to counter Alex's stats earlier. But I'm just going to say, Mario Balotelli is the epitome of wasted potential. Mm. His attitude was poor, mm. which has led him to be in the position he is. Wasted potential. Therefore, he is a fraud. Preach! I, I will say this. Roche, we were in Italy for about 48 hours. In that time, you experienced two instances of racism. He grew up as a Ghanaian in Italy with white, like, Jewish-Italian parents. And you don't think that affected his, his career somewhat? Allow me. As uh, the black person. You first, Bernie. <laughs> I am sorry. <laughs> I am a liberal, but you cannot play the race card in fraud or goat. Yes, I can. No way, no chance. <laughs> what what instances of racism are you talking about? <laughs> like so, uh, someone literally said, Where are you from? You said Canada. They said, But your face. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, he was just curious. Uh huh. Come mm-hmm. on. Sure. Did no, he? come on, though. I mean, he had so many chances to prove himself, Balotelli. And he always had a bad attitude. Yes. Yes. It's the only thing in life I agree with Jose Mourinho on that he's unmanageable. Fair enough. Yeah. Still goat for me. Well, what is your pick? Let us know at under underscore the cash. That's greatness. That's a goat. That's a guy you respect. Fraud. Liverpool 4, West Ham 0. West Ham are so shit. You know, they are, they may be shit, and they are quite shit. Um, However, Liverpool were insatiable in attack. Mm. Like a hot knife through butter. Mm. Trent Alexander-Arnold is playing 40-yard balls on the ground into space. Keita is touching it, turning it in one touch. And there's space all over the place. Nabi Keita... Have you seen a better Premier League debut? I mean, there have been yeah. some great ones, but like, yeah. Naby Keita was sensational. Yeah, he was good, but also West Ham are crap. But Liverpool, I mean, this is the way they play. They find the space, they move in sync. The ball is moving. They're playing to the speed of the ball. That's how I like to describe it. Interesting. Sorry, I, I, Alex actually almost ruined my day because I've probably seen 10 better if I... Rude Van Nistelrooy scored a brace on his. What are we talking about? Fine. Like, I, <laughs> I, I've seen a lot of debuts and, yeah, hyperbole much. But Naby Keita was sensational today. Yeah. I mean, over the weekend. The guy is brilliant. It's almost, almost, near me out here, as if Liverpool had a plan mm. and a yeah. strategy. And that strategy was perfected over the course of a few years and has come together. Woohoo! Scary, isn't it? God forbid any other club tries that. I know, right? Yeah. They better not, otherwise they might actually achieve something, and you wouldn't want that. No, yeah. not at all. Um, speaking of which, uh, whoever planned the midfield double pivot of Mark Noble and Jack Wilshire needs to be sacked immediately. Yeah. Based solely on the fact that both of them took it in the nads. <laughs> they did. <laughs> but, like, they took it in the nads both literally and metaphorically. Like, they just got absolutely destroyed. I, I also feel like uh, Pellegrini is a good manager. I think in the fraud or goat manager conversation... 
fraud. But whatever. <laughs> he's, a, he's, a, he's a good manager, is my point. I realized I wasn't going to ever call him a goat of anything. But he's a good manager. I am just completely surprised of the collection of players that they, that they put together. They are good on paper, but I'm not sure Felipe Anderson, Jack Wilshere. No. Arnautovic. Uh, Arnautovic. Who else do they have there? They signed a bunch of other guys. I can't remember their names. Oh, anymore. Yarmolenko came off the bench and uh, did nothing. Felipe Anderson was truly horrendous. Felipe Anderson. Yeah, so it's like, really, guys, you need a director of football because if you leave that to Golden Sullivan, <laughs> you're just going to end up with the London Stadium type of decision, which is not very good. But hey, I mean, it's West Ham. What are the expectations? We all knew it was going to be a 4-0 game. I swear I've seen this scoreline somewhere before. That's true. Yes, I actually, mean, you have because in the last... Three or four seasons, they've ended 4-0, 4-0, 4-1. Nice. So you have seen that. Not yeah. to mention, West Ham have lost their opening game of the season more than any other Premier League team. This uh, is just what they do. Except so. for when they beat Arsenal. More than any other <laughs> Premier League team. <laughs> Good segue, though. Yeah. Arsenal losing again. Nil. Manchester City, two. Uh, I mean, this, this, this was expected. This yeah. is one you've seen before. 3 0, 3 0. Hey, at least they weren't playing Bayern Munich on opening day. Yeah, that, that, the day that happens, which it might when some European Super League comes, <laughs> will be the day I might if quit. If you qualify for the Super League. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. actually, actually, that's a good point. Um, <laughs> they're, they're like breathing a sigh of relief. Right <laughs> so, obviously, pre season, everyone's excited, new manager, some new players, and then the lineup comes out, and there are already a bunch of questionable things going on. Yes. Number one, Petr Cech is in goal, and oh my god, will we get back to him. Mm-hmm. Granit Xhaka is in central midfield. Yes. Meza Ozil is playing wide, which we know doesn't really work, at least not in the Premiership. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mkhitaryan's playing as well as Ozil, mm-hmm. both on the wings. Mm-hmm. You can look at that and know that that's not going to work. Aaron Ramsey's playing as the number 10. Mm. <laughs> what? Mm. What? <laughs> uh, so, the general consensus from Arsenal fans is Emery out already, and it's been one game. <laughs> and it's just uh, Arsenal fans I mean it's either they're ecstatic there's euphoria all over the place or it's diabolical depression I, I, I just have to say that I wish I watched four, formerly known as Arsenal Fan TV uh, oh, yes. AFTV now I wish I saw that because I could only imagine troops and Claude absolutely losing their minds because it was the same shit different manager Bam. and exactly <laughs> <laughs> it was unbelievable Gwendozi, whatever his name was, that was a brave call. He um, was actually like, he, he our was best decent, player. except he got rinsed like three or four times. Yeah, but, but that's fair. Yeah. Whatever. Um, I think I thought it was brave of Emery. Perhaps stupid, but I thought it was brave of him. I think this will show him the capabilities of the team. I don't think he'll repeat this. Ozil, Mkhitaryan on the wing thing, no, I agree. provided oh. he has the players to come in. Uh, actually, I do want to add that I think that Arsenal did have some moments, particularly in the second half, good chances to equalize. They came really close. Obama Young looked very good in attack, first of all. In the second half. In the second half, yeah, sure. Uh, but, you know, I think they had chances to score, and I think there is some room to improve. Arsenal will win some games what this about, season. What about Torreira when he came on in the second half? I thought all of a sudden, when he came on, there was a balance. Yeah. Arsenal had some impetus going forward yeah. against City, who, by the way, let's not let... Well, should we talk about Czech first or City first? Give City their credit. Okay. City were... Not even that good. No. And they washed, <laughs> and they just no. blew Arsenal aside. They were at probably 60% of what they could actually be, and they made it so. De Bruyne didn't even play. Yeah. Sane was on the bench. Firstly, their bench is so deep, my mind yes. is blown. Yeah. Unbelievable depth that they have, and they just weren't even all that good. Yeah. 
This game was played at maybe 60% of the pace that I've seen City play at. Mm -hmm. uh, when, when City had the ball, Arsenal sat back. When Arsenal had the ball, City sat back, mm -hmm. which is not unheard of. You know, we, we talk about the high press. Sometimes the high press came in, but it was still, it was still a, it was like a jog. It was like yeah. a high press <laughs> jog. But yeah, I mean, the, so, the finish by Bernardo Silva. Oh, that was a lovely finish. He was in like a mile of space. He came just jogging into the ball casually. Yeah. Casual banger. Yeah, it was a casual banger. One and word, Bellerin. Yeah, I mean, Bellerin's awful. <laughs> Bellerin is absolutely awful. Like, Maitland-Niles, who was the third choice left back, had to come off through injury. So Lischsteiner came on at left back. And even at left back, at 34 years old, you could tell how much better a fullback he is than Hector Bellerin. And like, let's, we can only hope that some time spent with another coach and coaching staff will help Bellerin become an actual defender. But right now, he is horrendous. My, my problem with, sorry, with Bellerin is that he's this... You know how people hate on Pogba for being the flashy player? Hmm. But, like, I can live with it because he's very good. But Some Bellerin is just not very good, and he's even worse. It's like, bruv. Bruv. <laughs> I'd like to quickly add that Mohana just posted a picture of Hector Bellerin. I mean, sorry, Andy Samberg's high school photo. And it looks exactly like Hector Bellerin. <laughs> and we will post it. that on our Twitter afterwards, I need under, underscore the cash. That is a bit weird. Um, but you're right, there, there is room to improve. I mean, this is a, an Arsenal team in transition against Manchester City. They were better when Lacazette came on, Aubameyang went out wide, Torreira came on for Xhaka instead of the 19-year-old Guendouzi. That tells you a lot, yes. I, I hope. Yes. I hope that tells you a lot. Um, so these changes made a world of difference. Having Ozil in the middle made sense. Mm -hmm. There was no longer Mesut Ozil dicking around on the right, like not being able to do anything because he has no pace. Um, so you're right. I think Emery should learn a fair bit from the changes that he made and the improvements that happened. So it'll be interesting to see. Will he learn anything about Petr Cech? Oy vey. Petr, I'm in an argument online with Bayer Leverkusen's Twitter account, Cech. You saw this? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Can, can I defend him for a second? Because he can't defend himself. Uh, <laughs> Petr Cech did not deserve what he got from Bayer Leverkusen. I understand that things are bants, but I think that bants... Here's what, here's what public Twitter accounts should do. Bance amongst yourselves, okay? Mm. Don't bance the players, or maybe if a fan hits you with, like, some insult, whatever. But Schalke and Bayer Leverkusen can bance themselves, but don't go after the player. Like, I just feel it's, it's unprofessional, as Perichek said, that he gets tortured enough, okay? You don't need a football, uh, official football account, a whole club, in essence, to come after you. It's just, mm -hmm. especially when I believe it's the same club that Leno came from. Well, which was exactly the point. Which was their point. Yeah. So how is that supposed to make bring harmony to that? They don't care, but it's still, it's just, it's everything was wrong with that. And I know some people think it's, it's cool. For me, it's not cool at all. For, for me, what's interesting about it is that, and we know that certain players use social media and check it more than others. Um, but it, it was interesting to me that, you know, 36, 37-year-old, massively experienced veteran Petr Cech was A, either on Twitter and seeing this or someone told him about it and he thought enough of it that he needed to respond. Like, I'm surprised right. that he gives a shit. But for, for the context, what happened was Petacek received the ball, I think it was from Guendouzi, mm -hmm. and he was trying to play the ball across his box to, I believe it was Bellerin. And he played the ball out for a corner. It's horrendous. I mean, the ball nearly goes in. Yes. Yeah. In fact, it just went past the post. Yeah. It was so bad. I give them, the, I give you that. It was 
absolutely terrible. And only one example out of many of his terrible uh, ability yeah, with his feet. He's terrible with his feet. I yeah. noticed it in this game. I, I went from, wow, what a save by Czech. He's a good goalkeeper, guys, to, oh my god, he's, <laughs> he's actually horrendous with the ball. Yeah. But that encapsulates Arsenal. They're either great or they're complete rubbish. But here's, here's my, my uh, concern is Leno came in, and a lot of people said he's a good goalkeeper. No one was really sure if he was better than Czech or not, but the idea was he's a good goalkeeper, starting at Bayer Leverkusen, I believe it was at the time, so whatever, great. Now, if Unai Emery, after a long preseason where they were both there, decides that Czech starts over Leno, that concerns actually how good Leno is. Possibly. To me, to me, a very plausible theory is that when you come in to a new club, especially in a situation like this where you've got the aura of Arsene Wenger there, nothing has really changed in 22 years. I'm not sure you can go with complete overhaul straight mm-hmm. away. Like, you bring yeah. in Leno, you bring in Torreira, but they start on the bench and you give the players that are there just enough rope to hang themselves, mm-hmm. right? You're like, Absolutely. okay, Xhaka, okay, check. Like, show me what you've got. And if it's nothing, you're, you're gone because right. we have replacements. Now. Right. Oh, yeah, we've seen this happen before. Mm-hmm. Wayne Rooney getting phased out of the squad. Yeah. Yeah, it's, not, it's out of the media's eye. It's an expert move. L- last thing on City, Mares, he played... Yeah. Um, Sane didn't. Bernardo played. Mendy, we haven't seen him for like a year. He played. There's So in my head, it's like Mares and Mendy new signings, even though Mendy's yeah. not really new signing. Yeah. They look pretty good. He, yeah, no, Mares looked good, but he was subbed off on 58 minutes before he could take that one corner kick. <laughs> right. And he took at least three minutes to walk off the field. Yeah. I couldn't make sense of it. Hmm. Uh, Mendy, two assists. Was was he trying to give all everyone who picked him in fantasy the extra two points for the 60-minute <laughs> Maybe, maybe. Because he took his while getting off. I mean, it was a long way to go. But. Uh, Mendy was reprimanded for social media. Mm. Uh, Guardiola said that he should probably knock it off, and then he responded by tweeting, oops. <laughs> I feel like the... You know, the horse has bolted here. Mendy has spent the last year on Twitter because he's injured and nothing to do. You can't just, like, take him off now. I mean, you could, but what's the point? This is true. Anyway, he was fantastic. City were good in second gear. Raheem Sterling, 50 Premier League goals now. For someone who's 20, what, 22, 23-ish? Something like that. 50 scored, 100 missed. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, City have Huddersfield next week, so 8-0? 8, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. think their next eight games are against absolute fodder, so the league might be over. But... <laughs> Goal differential of 110. <laughs> <laughs> By week three. <laughs> All right, a couple of quick honourable mentions in the Premier League. Uh, Wolves 2, Everton 2, uh, the Battle of Portugal, this one. What a game! Great this game. may genuinely have been like the most entertaining game. Of Marco the Silva versus Nuno Espirito Santo. Uh-huh. Yeah. What an epic name as well. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was the name of a ship. It does sound like it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the the Nuno, the Pinto, the Santa. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Richarlison. Everyone was banging on about how his transfer fee was mental, and it is mental. But you know, two goals on your debut—that that will help. Yeah, it's done now. That 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 does uh, go some way to repaying that huge and unbelievable fraudulent amount of money because he's not going to be goat. You know, okay. <laughs> go or fraud in two years when we decide he's eligible. Fair enough. Um, there is strict criteria, criteria, sorry, to get into fraud or goat, just letting people know about it. I mean, it's somewhat strict. Yeah. <laughs> like, like does, you can't have too much room to grow, but you need, like, yeah. a fork in the road yeah. kind of thing. Basically, group chat strict. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, what's his name? Ruben Neves. My God. What a hit. What a hit. Yeah. What a player. I can't believe no untested wolves. With a fifty million bid, like yeah. Listen, I'm saying fifty million because the market is 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 crazy. But whatever, 
test it. That boy can play. No, you know, yeah. What is messed up is Ruben Neves is 21 years old. He was captain of Porto oh, at like 18. 18. I always forget that, that like, he was that kid that was the captain of Porto at yeah, 18. Seems like he's been around for a while. Yeah. Oh, or there could have been a, another guy with the same name. I mean, there's definitely another Ruben Neves or 12, but yeah. like, <laughs> he's you, brilliant. You have to see that free kick. I have to see it. It, it, was, was, it was wonderful. It was fantastic. Um, so, oh, quickly on Richarlison or Richarlison. Oh. Um, he, he got two goals in his first two shots for Everton, right? He got no goals in his last 53 shots for Watford. Because Dini's so fat, he blocked all of them. <laughs> Possibly. Uh, here's, oh, here's another little stat that I put in just for Mohanad. Uh, Wolves defender Matt Doherty made his second Premier League appearance 2,513 days after making his first one in September 2011. For who? For Wolves. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's a lot of days. Oh, yeah. Also... When I was watching this game and the commentator kept saying Doherty, I think he was crossing the ball from right back. I was like, he's not Portuguese. What's he doing here? <laughs> like, it was really bugging me that there was there was a non-Portuguese player on the pitch. Shouldn't be allowed. I think Wolves had five. Everton have what, the manager. Do they have any Portuguese players? I don't. I don't know. Anyway, uh, no. It was enough. Yeah. It was enough. Uh, last one. Palace two. Fulham nil. Uh, I was excited to see Fulham. Mm-hmm. Young team. Sessegnon. They were good. They, they were, were good going forward. Yes. They had a, uh, Mitrovic had about eight or nine chances, <laughs> which he did not score. But uh, Fulham cannot defend. The aerial balls are coming in, and Palace had chances all over the place. And Wilfred Zaha is still a beast. He is a beast. Physical uh, specimen. On my bench. Oh, get him on. Get him on. Yeah. But yeah, uh, Jean-Michel Seri was, uh, was nice. Tom Kenny was nice. They played good football. But yeah, they just got punished at the other end. Callum Chambers. I thought you were making a pun there. Bissaka. Because, because he came from Nice, so he was nice and was oh, nice. too easy, man. Too easy. Oh, right, sorry. Standards here. Standards. <laughs> Bissaka, Bissaka. Oh, Bissaka, yeah. One Bissaka. There's only one Bissaka. There's only one Bissaka. That's reminding me of Moussaka, and now I'm hungry. Yeah, me too. Uh, what about Juan Kenobi? Hey, Musaka, Sak, Mu, Ri. There's a few oh, players oh, we can go. We're down the rabbit hole here. Musa. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. will want me to mention the Calvin James got got done by Jeff Schlupp. Okay, so it's in. Good goal, by the way. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Uh, Mumu of the week. Happy Mumu. One thing we are no sha, Mumu no fit sleep forever. One day, Mumu go wake up. We've debuted a new season, and in that new season, Fraud or Goat was mm. bestowed upon the world. A welcome addition. So, we're taking it back, and we're going to bring back a classic, Mumu of the Week. Yes. And for those who don't know, Mumu is a fool or an idiot. It's Nigerian street slang, and we always highlight the Mumus, the fools, the idiots, from off the pitch of football. Um, this week, it's on the pitch... But it might as well be something that has to do with without the pitch. Yes. So we're going to the Midlands. Mm. West Brom, in fact. West Bromwich. Where we introduce you to Boiler Man. The only one who could ever heat me was the son of a Boiler Man. Is that real, Alex? That's not how the song goes, is it? No, it's, just made that it's Teach Me, but... <laughs> and Preacher Man. <laughs> that was really good, Alex. Yeah, I, I was... I can't I was, take much credit. I was concerned. It sounds oh. like Alex is Boiler Man, secretly. Oh, imagine. He, he has really skinny legs. <laughs> yeah. So, Boiler Man is a new mascot uh, at West Brom via a sponsorship deal with British Boilers or something. <laughs> and like... Sorry, you go down one division, but your sponsorship goes down nine divisions. <laughs> There's a guy who's wearing 
a suit and, and he's a mascot outfit, but he's dressed as a boiler. <laughs> like, let's think about this. I, I, I can't even picture a boiler, but it looks That's... like it looks like my washing machine with arms and legs. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, a boiler is like one of the most nondescript things you could possibly be. Yeah. Like, it could be a fridge. There's no eyes. There's no mouth. There's there's no facial features. It's just a boiler with arms and legs. And he was getting pelted by the fans. <laughs> they were just asking, "What the fucking hell is that?" And it's like, as you West Brom, they must have thought this would have been funny. I mean, it is, <laughs> but probably not in the way they meant. What, what to what level do you have to go to get some marketing or some 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 infamy? Can we find the job posting for that? How? Because there is one now. Yeah. <laughs> I be Momo. One thing we are no sha, Momo no fit sleep forever. One day Momo go wake up. El Supercopa de España. Mm. Yeah? Mm. Nah. <laughs> Barcelona 2, Severe 1. I don't care. I'm not sure either of you care, but Mohamed cares. Yes. Mohamed Kerr. Yeah. Oh. Did you just figure that out? Yeah. You're slow oh, today. I, I made this joke before. It was probably like 2014, though. Ah. <laughs> Sevilla actually went ahead. They did. It was a good goal. Uh, they VAR'd it, and it was good. I don't know why the players argue and complain when they're VARing the goal. Mm. Um, it should be taken out of their DNA. I mean, it's well, not as if ooh. VAR hasn't been proven to be wrong. It's an offside call. Well, it's not VAR that's wrong. There's still a human there judging you. Yeah, the human is wrong. By the way, um, tangent, but one of the referees at the World Cup, Brazilian referee, retired after the World Cup. He's written a book, and he's talked about how, in practice, when they're practicing VAR decisions, they always get them right. But when they get to the stadium, there's so much pressure and everything around them that the room basically becomes, they feel smaller, and so much pressure to get it right that they often get it wrong. Yeah, I could appreciate that. Well, they, they got this one right. Yes, they did. 1-0 one <laughs> one to Sevilla. Um, and then uh, free kick. Messi stands over it. The commentator was like, under, over, left, right. Where will it go? I wasn't Ray Hudson. I don't know why I'm doing it, Jordy. Um, a keeper saved it, sort of. And then PK bundled it home. Yeah. It actually went out the post, off the keeper's back, back onto the post. And then PK rolled it home. It was kind of an unlucky goal for Sevilla to concede. I almost think, like, why do Barcelona need lucky goals like that? Or you just want to strike them off? Well, yeah, I mean, like, you know, at least earn it a little bit. Okay, well, let's get to the goal that actually matters. Yeah. So, before everyone has seen the Dembele super strike, I think, at this point, it yeah. is a wonderful hit. But yeah. I want to rewind just a little bit. It's about 25 seconds before that goes in. Messi has the ball, center of the pitch. Mm-hmm. He's dribbling around. He turns. Mm-hmm. And the player... I don't know, there maybe was a foul, there maybe wasn't. I guess he thinks he's clipped, and he just stops. Mm-hmm. He stops playing. He raises his hand. And everyone else stops playing too. And it, on it, watch the clip. It honestly takes the referee a couple of seconds, he sees that everyone stops, and then he blows and gives a free kick. Like, Messi made the decision that it was a free kick, and the referee then gives it. Messi passes it to Dembele, Dembele jogs forward and smashes it into the corner. And what a goal it was. But like that that Messi yeah. decision is really interesting. All, all I can say about that is, as much as I detest Mohamed just pillaring <laughs> us with Messi highlights and Messi stats and Messi and whatever. Sid Sixero, I wonder if you could watch that because <laughs> only a goat could make a decision could force a referee to make a decision by just standing still true I'm just saying true because 
I have every doubt. I, I, if I, I do not believe that, let's say, uh, who would I want to say in the Premier League? Danny Welbeck would get that result. Danny Welbeck, <laughs> the, ball would, the ball wouldn't be close enough to him to make it believable. It's true. Um, okay, in Spain, a couple of things have, have happened. Uh, Gamero mm. has gone from uh, Atleti to Valencia for 16 million. Uh, Atleti, every year they buy a striker that they don't use and then sell a year or 18 months later. Mm-hmm. And Gamero is just the latest in the long line of yeah, those. Yeah, absolutely. And he's going to probably compliment uh, Michi Bashuai, who's at Valencia as well. It's not so a bad forward. He does some good business, yeah. Yeah, he's good. He's a good uh, player. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, Andre, this one is quite interesting. So a couple of years ago, uh, Milan bought Andre Silva from Porto for like 32 million. He was young. He was supposed to be their new number nine. And this year, he's going on loan to Sevilla. Yeah, I, I don't want to say anything about this. It's just a waste of time. Okay. All right. Well, that's the end of the Spain section then. Yeah. So Italy, Keita Balde to Inter Milan. Oh yeah. 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 On loan. Five million loan fee. That's a, why didn't anyone else go for that deal? That's unbelievable. That's yeah. a very good question. And they're still trying for Modric. Yeah, they really is want this, to get that is over this the a line. Thing? Is this really a thing, or is this just rumors? No, they, rumors. they really want to get that over the line. I don't know that they will, but they're trying. Rivaling Juventus. That would be a disgrace for the Premier League if they if, if this was allowed. You mean if no one in the Premier League tried to get Luka Modric? Yes, right. it'd be an absolute disgrace. Fair enough. Um, a different league uh, we'll touch on very quickly, MLS. Yay! Yay! We haven't spoken about it Rude! lately. Rude! Rude! This is, I have an agenda. <laughs> uh, we would never have known. But, uh, <laughs> I wonder who. We haven't spoken about it much lately because Toronto FC have been so utterly horrendous this season. There hasn't been that much to talk about other and than how lost. horrendous they've been. Yeah. And they lost to New York 3-2 at home. Red, red card, I can't remember who got it. Josie Altidore. Uh, After nine minutes. This team is utterly dependent on Josie Altidore. It's unbelievable. He comes in, they start playing better. He gets himself sent off, they lose a the game. Yeah, but he got himself sent off after nine minutes. <laughs> he kicked a guy. My <laughs> point still works somehow okay, in the world. <laughs> anyway, Toronto FC are still shit this week. Um, and, but that's not who you want to talk about. No, I want to talk about Wayne Rooney. Yes. Now, if you haven't seen this clip yet, you have to see it. It's... it's Similar to that Zlatan, Zlatan first, you know, when he came and he scored that goal and the internet went crazy. And you know something is big when Europe is talking about something that happened in MLS. When Giovinco scored that goal against Red Bulls, Zlatan scored that goal, and Rooney just did an utter madness. Yeah. So the game is 2-2, corner for Minnesota, I believe it was, and they're on a crazy counterattack. Okay. Open goal. The goalkeeper is at open goal because the goalkeeper was up for the corner. Rooney, who I didn't think could run anymore, runs the length of the pitch to catch the, the striker who's basically going on goal. And then Rooney tackles the guy, gets the ball, takes three or four steps, and just the arrows this wonderful pass across the field to Acosta, who heads it in and scores a hat-trick. Game-winning goal, I think it was the 94th minute of the game. That is one of the... Someone said to me, and this is a person who really believed in Tiki Taka, mm. that this is one of the best moments he's ever seen in football, period. And when yeah. you think about it, in terms of its weight, no. Because it was a regular season game. Oh, it's Wayne Rooney, though. So it's, it's, yes. the, it's the determination that Rooney showed in his younger years. When he mm. first broke onto the scene, 
he was tracking back, chasing balls down that no one else would have chased. He would get the ball back. Yeah. And this is this is what he did again after all these years. I do understand what, what he's talking about in the sense of he pulled off a sensational defensive play. If he had just tackled the guy and that was the end of it, yeah. you would have said, that is a spectacular play. But then to provide the assist, the pinpoint assist on top of that to win the game, we can say whatever we want, and we've all made fun of Rooney in the past, yes. last three, four years or so, but that man was one of the best players we've ever seen. Yes. End of discussion. Goat. <laughs> well, I'm glad that he was a goat. Well, and now he... we can't have him on a future episode of Fraud or Goat. Nope. <laughs> I think that case is closed. Yeah, well, oh, that's a great spot to leave it. Uh, Bernie, thank you. Roche, thank you. Well, and thank we you. will uh, talk to talk at people again next week. At under, underscore the cash. Thank you for downloading the Koshcast. Get in touch at underthekoshblog at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at under underscore the kosh. And for articles, predictions, and the full experience, go to underthekoshblog.com. Thank you.